Amen. Thank you for that special in song, and that uh, gave me peace about what to preach on today, so I really appreciate that. Well, my name is, is Bruce Burkett, and I'm so privileged to be here again at West Coast Baptist College, and uh, proud of all of you for being here following the Lord's calling on your life, uh, just to get trained for the ministry and pursue God's purpose for you. And I live in Cortez, Colorado. It's rural America. Uh, it's in the middle of nowhere, in case you're wondering where it's at. And uh, we, uh, but I love where God has us at, and uh, I uh, have turned into a country boy uh, since I moved there. I like hunting and fishing and climbing the mountains and enjoy all those kinds of things. And uh, the Lord blesses us to be able to, to be a part of His work uh, in, in a very special place, and uh, we're thankful for that. Uh, it's, it was 11 years ago now, actually, I think, since uh, I graduated from, from West Coast, and I just keep feeling older and older every time I come back. Um, I remember when I graduated, I became a youth pastor at first, and uh, when I became a youth pastor, I looked at teenagers and I said, well, they look so young. And now I come back here and I look at you and I think, wow, they look so young. <laughs> and, uh, but it's, it's an enjoyable thing. I know I'm getting older because uh, I'm, I'm uh, getting less and less cool. Uh, I'm being informed by my daughters. And uh, I was picking up, uh, many of you guys know uh, Brother Reese Alvarez and his wife, Elena. They're our youth pastor, youth pastor's wife at our church. And by the way, he's just tearing it up. He's doing a great job. And uh, our youth group's already doubled in the time that they've been here. And, and Lord's just really using them. He's, he's uh, doing, a, doing a great job. But he asked me to pick up some teens uh, last week for, for youth group. And so I went and picked, uh, picked those teens up. And on the way to youth group, one of the teens has uh, very sheepishly asked me, they said, you're not gonna be our youth pastor today, are you? <laughs> and uh, well, I used to run the youth group before Brother Reese got there. And uh, I said, don't worry, buddy, you're not stuck with me. You've got the cool guy now, okay? And, uh, but I've embraced getting older and I love, I love being able to serve the Lord in ministry and I love being able to have this opportunity to take God's word and preach to you all today. And so with that being said, let's take our Bibles and go to Jonah chapter four. Jonah chapter number four. And I have been wrestling uh, really this whole week with what the Lord uh, wanted to be preached here today, but I am confident now uh, as the Lord has worked in my heart before we've gotten to the scriptures that this is what God has in store uh, for us here today. Now, I know that most of us are familiar with the, the story of the life of Jonah in the scriptures here. It's the story of how a reluctant man in, encountered a relentless God, which resulted in a revolutionized people and a resentful prophet. And as we study through the book of Jonah, if Jonah's story had ended in Jonah chapter 3, I really believe that Jonah would have gone down as is one of Israel's greatest prophets, if not being Israel's greatest prophet. He preached a very simple message of just a few words, and God used it to bring a revolution to, entire, to an entire nation of pagan people. Just an unbelievable result took place through the ministry of Jonah. And after that took place, you would think that Jonah was on cloud nine after seeing what God had done. And, and if Jonah's story had ended there, uh, certainly it would be one that we look back on with a lot of favor. But unfortunately, there is another chapter to Jonah's story. Jonah chapter number four, which is what we're going to look at here today. And I want us to begin with reading uh, just the first few verses of Jonah chapter 4. The Bible says, But it displeased Jonah exceedingly, and he was very angry. 
And he prayed unto the Lord and said, I pray thee, O Lord, was not this my saying when I was yet in my country? Therefore I fled before unto Tarshish. For I knew that thou art a gracious God and merciful, slow to anger and of great kindness, and repentest thee of the evil. Therefore now, O Lord, take, I beseech thee, my life from me, for it is better for me to die than to live. What in the world happened here? A great revival takes place. Uh, hundreds of thousands, over 100,000 people very likely have, have turned in repentance to the Lord. And, and Jonah's here complaining about it. And uh, Jonah is upset with God for doing a great work. Now, can you imagine if someone got up here and did that? He preaches a message and after he gets done, people start to respond. He throws up his hands and says, I knew this was going to happen, God. <laughs> I knew if I preached the Bible that people were going to respond. I knew that if I preached the gospel, people were going to get saved. I knew that if I talked about your word, then people were going to get right with you. Jonah's upset with God for doing something that he didn't think God was supposed to do. And as we study the life of Jonah, one of the things I've discovered from the book of Jonah is that the book of Jonah really isn't about the prophecy that Jonah preached, but it's about the prophet himself. God has a lesson to teach us from the life of this man named Jonah that should connect with all of us. And what we learn from this part of Jonah's life is how to deal with disappointment. If I had to summarize Jonah's issue right here into a single phrase, it would be that Jonah was disappointed with God. Have you ever been disappointed with God before? Maybe you're there right now, whether you realize it or not. One person said, disappointment happens anytime things don't work out the way you wanted them to or expected them to. And here's the thing. God often works in ways that we don't expect and that we can't predict. And when God chooses to do something differently than how you think he should do it, you will get disappointed. And what do you do when you face a moment of disappointment in your life. Is it possible that you are disappointed with God today? I want us to look as we study Jonah's life here at three truths that you must understand when you are disappointed with God. And before we dig into this, why don't we pray and ask God to speak to our hearts. Our Father, we come before you and we thank you for this opportunity to be able to open your word. And uh, Lord, I don't have anything flashy or fancy today. But what we have is your truth. And I pray, God, that you will take your truth and uh, work in the hearts of these young people today and, uh, and, these, and the staff and, and faculty that are in here with us as well. And Lord, I don't know what's going on in every person's heart and every person's life, but I do believe this is the truth you have for us for this time together. And I pray that you'd give me strength and grace to be able to communicate it. And I pray that your Holy Spirit would have free reign to work in our hearts and minds. And Lord, we'll give you the praise for what you do in our hearts today. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. Three truths you must understand when you face a, dis a disappointment in life. Number one, if you want to write the first one down, you must understand the presence of disappointment. The presence of disappointment. Now, in reading the biblical narrative about the life of Jonah, it seems to me that Jonah's disappointment came out of nowhere 
After all, you read the accounts in especially chapter number three, and, and you see how Jonah preaches this message, and, uh, and, and the people of Nineveh respond to the message, and they turn in repentance to the Lord. Let's notice how it happened in verse number 10 of chapter number three. The Bible says, and God saw their works, that they, re- that they turned from their evil way, and God repented of the evil that he had said he would do unto them, and he did it not. And so here, Jonah becomes disappointed at the fact that God didn't do what he thought God should do. And there were several uh, uh, subtle factors that led to this disappointment in his life. Uh, First off, I see that his perception was disappointed. Uh, God didn't do what Jonah thought God should do in this situation. I also see that his pride was disappointed. He had preached a very strong, powerful message that in 40 days, Nineveh Nineveh was going to be destroyed, and now that wasn't going to happen. And as a prophet, his words were not going to come to pass because God had chosen to show mercy. I also see that his patriotism was disappointed. Jonah was an ardent Israelite, and Nineveh, the Assyrians, were the uh, enemies of Israel. And now uh, Jonah thought he was going to be a champion for his people and, and go and preach a message of destruction and bring judgment upon the enemies of Israel, but now that wasn't going to happen. And so for several different reasons, and so subtly it seems it happened, Jonah becomes disappointed with God. Can I say it's an inescapable fact that you will face disappointments in life? Job chapter 14 and verse number one says, man that is born of woman is a few days and full of trouble. Now, the types of disappointments that you can face are innumerable. And I dare say that uh, some of you are facing some measure of disappointment right now in your life at this moment. But what makes disappointments often harder is when the disappointments you face seem to be coming from the very hand of God in your life. For example, God takes away one of your loved ones. God doesn't give you the job that you thought he was going to give you. God doesn't allow the relationship that you thought had promised to thrive the way that you thought it was going to. And uh, what makes disappointment often more difficult to handle is that when we face the disappointment, it feels sometimes like it's actually, actually coming from the very hand of God. What is a disappointment? I had someone tell me this one time. They said, a disappointment is essentially your very own appointment with getting dissed, okay? Um, it's, It's getting rejected. And it hurts when you feel like you're getting rejected by God. You were expecting God to do something, and God said, no, I'm not gonna do that. No, I'm not gonna do it the way that you think that it should be done. And so the the first thing you must understand if you're going to deal with the disappointments of your life is you've got to understand the presence of disappointment. It can creep into your life so subtly and sometimes you won't even recognize that it is there. Jonah's issue began when he refused to recognize his own disappointment. And perhaps the first step you need to take today is recognize that you are facing a disappointment in your life. So we see the presence of disappointment. But number two, I want you to notice the products of disappointment. The products of disappointment. Though Jonah didn't want to acknowledge it, his disappointment began to impact his life in some very devastating ways. 
And the book of Proverbs in chapter 25 and verse 28 talks about a man who has no control over his own spirit, how he's like a city that's broken down and without walls. And the picture being painted there is someone who doesn't have control of his own, own spirit is very susceptible to attack. And when you become disappointed, you open yourself up to all different types of attacks in your life, emotionally speaking. And that's certainly what happened for Jonah here. And if you're not careful, when you become disappointed, it can, it can produce, it can lead to some devastating things in your life that will draw you away in your relationship with the Lord. And so we're going to look at these. There's seven products I want you to note down here. And the first one I want you to note down that we see in Jonah's life is disillusionment. First, we see that Jonah became disillusioned. For Jonah, this process started with a serious misunderstanding about God. In verse number one of chapter four, the Bible says, but it displeased Jonah exceedingly, and he was very angry. Jonah was grieved by what he perceived to be a great evil. And that's what's indicated by the word exceedingly here in our text. He, he perceived that what, what God had done, what had taken place, was a great evil. He was convinced that he knew what God should have done, and God didn't do it. Now, the Bible tells us that Jonah grew up, grew up on the northern border of Israel in Gath Hefer. And from this northern border, no doubt he had many times witnessed the Assyrians coming down from cities like Nineveh, coming in to raid and pillage and steal and do all kinds of devastating things to his own people. And so in Jonah's mind, what God should have done was not shown mercy to the Assyrians, but, show, but brought judgment upon the Assyrians for the grievances that he had in his own heart towards the people of Nineveh. Jonah was convinced that God needed to judge Nineveh. And, uh, and uh, Jonah had his own conception of, of who God is and how God should work in this circumstance. And because God didn't do things the way he thought he should do them, Jonah becomes disappointed. And so when God didn't do what Jonah thought he should do, that was when he became disappointed. Now, the interesting thing is God did eventually judge Assyria. It just didn't happen on Jonah's timetable. God delayed his judgment 150 years, but eventually he did judge Assyria. But God showed mercy for these people who were going to get saved. And Jonah, in his own finite mind, he couldn't understand the grand purpose of God in all of these things. And so he became disappointed. And in every case, when you become disappointed, your disappointment will begin with disillusionment about what God is doing in your life. Can I just tell you this? Even if you can't understand what God is doing, you better believe he knows what he's doing. You don't have to understand. There's no prerequisite for you to understand in order to be able to trust God. But Jonah's problems began when he started to get disillusioned about who God was and what God had done and what he believed God should have done. And so his disappointment first resulted in disillusionment that led to a second product of his disappointment, and that is doubt. In the midst of his disillusionment, Jonah began to doubt God, and we see it in verse number two. Look at verse number two. The Bible tells us there, and he prayed unto the Lord, and he said, I pray thee, O Lord, was not this my saying when I was yet in my country? Jonah began to question God here. 
Begins to shake his fist, if you would, at Almighty God and begins to question what God had done. He was disappointed that God didn't do what he thought he should do, and so now he questions what God had told him to do. In other words, we could put it this way, Jonah's disappointment caused him to lose faith in God. And he, he literally started wondering if he could even trust God anymore. Uh, because God hadn't, hadn't done what he thought God should do. And when you misunderstand what God is doing, it is so easy, it is so easy to begin doubting him. Now, doubt is one of the first weapons that Satan used to lead God's people astray all the way in the Garden of Eden. What was the first thing that he had, had, had proposed to man? He, Satan said, yea, hath God said. And from that time on, Satan has continued to use the weapon of doubt to lead God's people astray. One person put it this way, Satan likes to put a question mark where God's put a period. But when we get disappointed, we, we get disillusioned with who God is and what God's doing. It's so easy then for us to migrate to a place of starting to doubt the Lord. And here's the dangerous thing about doubt. Doubt makes you unstable. The Bible says in the book of James that a double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. You're wondering, can I trust God? Can I not trust God? And that leads you to make choices that aren't stable choices, that aren't wise choices. And so you understand the danger that disappointment can bring into your life. Doubt is rooted in fear. My Bible says that God has not given us the spirit of fear, but a power and love and of a sound mind. And the reality is, if you're having feelings of fear about what's taking place in your life, that's not coming from God. That might be coming from your misunderstanding of who God is and what God is really doing in your circumstance. And so don't allow your disappointment to cause you to lose faith in God. God's still God. God still knows what he's doing. Your disappointment has some things it produces. Disillusionment, doubt. The third thing I want you to see is it produces disgust. It produces disgust. Jonah's disillusionment and doubt led him literally to become disgusted with God. Verse 1, the end of the verse says that he was very angry with God. At the end of verse 2, he said, Therefore I fled into Tarshish, for I knew that thou art a gracious God and merciful and slow to anger and of great kindness and repentest thee of the evil. It is so interesting to me that one of the greatest what could have been one of the greatest acclamations of praise to God in the scripture was said in resentment towards God. Jonah here talks about God being gracious and merciful and compassionate, but he's, it's not because he believes it in his heart, it's because he's mad at God for being that way. He had become disgusted with God. He was convinced that what God should have done was brought judgment to the people of Nineveh, but that is not what took place. And so we could say that Jonah, in this, at this juncture, he was mad at God for being God. Why are you the way you are? That's essentially what Jonah was, was saying to God here. And the fact is, Jonah couldn't change who God is. He's a God of mercy to all people. And I find it interesting that Jonah wanted judgment for Nineveh, but he wanted mercy for himself. Remember, not too long ago, he's in the belly of the whale. And he cries out for mercy, and God shows him mercy. But then he goes and preaches the message to Nineveh, and God shows them mercy, and Jonah gets mad at God for doing it. 
Jonah wanted judgment for Nineveh, mercy for himself. If God had been who Jonah wanted him to be to the people of Nineveh, Jonah would have died in the belly of the whale. And so we see this disappointment has led Jonah to a place where he's literally becoming disgusted with God. And when you are disappointed with God, it will be very easy to find yourself getting angry at him. You better be careful at this juncture. Because getting angry at God will very easily lead you astray from God. Write this verse down, Proverbs chapter 19 and verse 3. The Bible says, The foolishness of man perverteth his way or leads him astray because his heart fretteth or rages or gets angry against the Lord. When you get angry at God, the Bible indicates that's something that can pervert or turn you away from the Lord. Just because God didn't give you what you thought he should give you doesn't mean that God isn't still good, just, and merciful. Perhaps it's just time for you to stop being mad at God for being the good God that he is. Just because you didn't get what you wanted. Your disappointment will lead to some Devastating products in your life. Disillusionment, doubt, we see disgust. I also see a fourth product, dissension. Dissension. Look at verse number three. The Bible says, Jonah speaking here, Therefore now, O Lord, take, I beseech thee, my life from me, for it is better for me to die than to live. At this point, Jonah was done. He didn't get what he thought he wanted, and so he essentially looks at God, and he, sa- and, and, and he says, if that's how it's going to be, then I don't even want to be here anymore. He gets to a place where he literally just wants to resign. He's literally talking about, hey, why don't you just kill me, God? Because if this is, ha- if this is how the world is going to be, then I don't want to live in this world anymore. If this is how my life is going to be, then I don't want to live it anymore. That's essentially the place that Jonah had gotten to. And disappointment, you know what it can cause you to do? It can cause you to want to quit. Now, I know that, uh, I heard that you guys have already heard a message on quitting this week, so I'll not belabor this point very long. But when you get disappointed, when what you think you wanted no longer becomes a reality, it can even get you to a place where you can convince yourself that the world is better off with you. It can get you to a place where you can think, well, the ministry's better off without me. (laughs) Uh, I didn't get this thing I thought I wanted, and so what good am I anymore? Jonah's throwing up his hands and saying, I'm done, God. If, If this is how it's going to be, I'm done, and that's where disappointment will lead you to as well if you're not ever so careful. Let me just say this about quitting. I'm a firm believer that quitting is for cowards. It's for cowards. Now, if you're facing a, facing a season of wanting to quit, I know that's hard to hear. But quitting's easy. It takes courage to get back up and keep on going. The Bible says the just man falls seven times and he rises up again. If you faint in the day of adversity, your strength is small. That's what the Bible says. And here's Jonah because he is selfishly disappointed. He didn't get what he wanted. He's becoming dissentious. He's wanting to quit. Another product I see it produced in his life was depression. He became depressed. Now, even after all these other things, this this initial outburst had taken place, I find it so interesting that God still speaks to Jonah. And look at verse number four and notice what the Lord says. Then said the Lord, doest thou well to be angry? Jonah, doest thou well to be angry? I love this. 
In the midst of Jonah's disappointment, God didn't condemn him, but he did ask him a question to convict him. He asked him essentially, do you really think this is right to be upset about this? Do you really think that's the right call here, Jonah? And in the midst of his disappointment, Jonah refused to answer the question. Look at verse 5. The Bible says, So Jonah went out of the city, and he sat on the east side of the city, and there made him a booth, and sat under it in the shadow, till he might see what would become of the city. Jonah marched out of the city, he made a shelter for himself, and he sat down to watch what would become of the city. What is he doing? He's isolating himself. A revival is taking place in Nineveh, but Jonah doesn't want to be a part of it. No doubt. I mean, Jonah was the figure God had used to proclaim the message. Do you, can you imagine how many people wanted to talk to Jonah? How many people wanted to ask Jonah about his God? But Jonah doesn't want to have anything to do with the people. God's trying to speak to Jonah. Jonah doesn't want, want, doesn't want to have anything to do with God either. And so he isolates himself. He gets himself alone. Why? Because he was disappointed. And it was driving him oh, further and further away from the Lord. Disappointment can lead you into a state of depression. What is depression? Depression comes when you are consistently down in your spirit and when you lose interest in all activities in life. You don't want to be around anybody. You don't want to let anybody in. And the real danger of depression is not only do you not want to let anyone in, you don't even want to let God in. You're trapped in your own thoughts. You're trapped in your own mind. That's the danger of coming to a place of depression in your life. This is where Jonah found himself, and that led to a sixth product of his, of his uh, 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 what's the word that I'm looking for? Disappointment. Disappointment. There you go. Um, and that is denial. He's sitting outside the city, and God's already said he's going to deliver the city. But he's sitting out there, and he sits down. And what does the Bible say he's sitting down watching for? Watching what will become of the city. It's almost as if Jonah's thinking, I can't believe this. I don't want to accept this. And he's still hoping that Nineveh is going to be destroyed. He doesn't want to listen to what God has already clearly revealed. He's living in a state of denial. And uh, the hard thing about getting disappointed is you can eventually get to a place where nobody can talk to you. Your parents, your pastor, the faculty here, um, you, will, you, will, you, will, you won't let anybody break through the barrier that you've put up because you are so disappointed with what didn't happen that you wish would have happened, nobody can talk reason to you. That's where Jonah found himself. And that led to a seventh product of his disappointment, and that is detachment. Now let's read verses six through 11. And get the full scope here. Verse number six, the Bible says, And the Lord God prepared a gourd and made it come up over Jonah, that it might be a shadow over his head to deliver him from his grief. So Jonah was exceeding glad of the gourd. But God prepared a worm when the morning rose the next day, and it smote the gourd that it withered. And it came to pass when the sun did arise that God prepared a vehement east wind and the sun beat upon the head of Jonah that he fainted and wished in himself to die and said, it is better for me to die than to live. And God said to Jonah, doest thou well to be angry for the gourd? And he said, I do well to be angry, even unto death. Then said the Lord, thou hast had pity on the gourd for the which thou hast not labored, neither madest it grow, which came up in a night and perished in a night. And should I not spare Nineveh, that great city, 
when there are more than six score thousand persons that cannot discern between their right hand and their left, and also much cattle. You know what happened to Jonah at this point? He became detached. But we could use this word. He became apathetic. God, in his patient mercy, is trying to minister to Jonah, is trying to uh, speak reason to Jonah and cause him to see the, the foolishness of his own heart. And so we, we know the circumstances of how God raises up this plant to bring some shade to Jonah. And then the next day, he appoints a worm to come and, and to destroy that plant. And, and Jonah gets upset over that whole circumstance taking place. And, and God asks him, do you really think it's right for you to get upset over this trivial thing? And again, Jonah gives the same response. Yeah, I think it's, I, I think it's right for me to get upset, upset over this, even if you kill me for it. I still think it's right for me to get upset over this. I mean, he's just completely detached from the Lord at this point. And then God asks that piercing question. You are getting upset over a silly little plant that you had, you had no part in creating. You had no part in bringing about. You're getting upset over that. And then you're getting mad at me for saving thousands of people who I did create and who I do love infinitely. And he, 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 he brings this application into Jonah's mind and what essentially happened here for Jonah is that Jonah had stopped caring, caring about the things that mattered to God. He had become apathetic. He had grown to a place where he had become cold and calloused to the things of God. And this is the difficult thing about a disappointment in your life. If you don't deal with it, it can eventually bring you to a place. Are you listening? It can eventually bring you to a place where you become detached from the things of God where you become apathetic. I'm going to read you to something that someone wrote on this subject. He says, some Christians are like Jonah. They get more upset over a shrub in their garden that dies than they do over the doom of millions of people, including their own families and friends who are headed into a lost eternity without Christ. And this is the ultimate danger of disappointment. It can bring you to a place where you stop caring about things that should matter to you because they matter to God, eternal things. And so are you facing a disappointment in your life today? We see the products of it in Jonah's life. Have you seen some of these things in your own life? See, we see the products of disappointment, but the third truth that we need to recognize when we're facing a disappointment is the prescription for disappointment, the prescription for disappointment. Now, as we look at Jonah's story, I think all of us understand, sadly, we really don't have a good prescription written out for us here in Jonah chapter four. In fact, Jonah chapter four ends abruptly, and it's almost a downer to the end of, of this particular book of the Bible, but I believe what we can see is how God helped, begin to help Jonah through the season of his disappointment. Uh, I like what John Phillips said. He said, God was as patient with Jonah as he was with Nineveh. Aren't you glad that God's patient with you? Even in the midst of your selfish disappointments? I know I am and how he's been that way for me. And as we look at how God worked in the heart of this resentful prophet, there are several 
ways that we can learn about how to deal uh, with the disappointments in life, how God wants to help us process the disappointments in our life. So what's the prescription? What's the solution? I'll be honest, this five-fold solution I'm gonna give to you is something I was taught from someone else, but it's been such a help to me, and I wanna share it with you. And so let me give you these five steps to processing your disappointment. Number one, you need to review the disappointment. Review the disappointment. Now in Jonah's life, it's interesting, in verse number four, God comes to Jonah in the midst of his disappointment, and again he says, doest thou well to be angry? What was God doing? God was inviting Jonah to really consider his situation, to review the circumstances that had led him to the place that he found himself in when he was, where he was saying these types of things to God. And boy, it's so important when you realize that there is the presence of disappointment in your life and you see its products all throughout your life that you stop and you take a minute to review, how did I get here? And sometimes when you review the disappointment, you'll find that it's legitimate. The, the thing you're disappointed about, it's legitimate to be disappointed about, and that's a good thing to come out of. But sometimes when you review the disappointment, you'll realize, I'm just selfish. I wanted that for me, and not for what God, what, what, what God thought was best. I wanted it for me. But regardless of what the outcome is, the process of reviewing your disappointment is so important if you're going to be able to do anything about it. And so number one, you need to review the disappointment. From time to time, it's a healthy thing to pray like the psalmist said in Psalm 42 and verse 5. Why art thou cast down, O my soul? And why art thou disquieted within me? And when you, when you begin to see these, these products of disappointment produced in your life, you've got to take time to review what is it that brought me to this place. Number two, first review the disappointment. Number two, then you need to relax. Then you need to relax. In Jonah's story here, Jonah marches out of the city, and what does God do? God brings up a plant, and he, set, and he, and he sets Jonah underneath that plant. And uh, uh, if you can picture it in your mind, Jonah, God was bringing a measure of comfort to Jonah because he's trying to get Jonah to think about, what are you doing here? Is it really right for you to be upset about all this? And, 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 and what we see uh, exemplified from that is the fact that God's just trying to get Jonah to calm down. God's just trying to get Jonah to relax in the midst of a disappointment. Disappointments, when you go through them, will cause you to want to take extreme measures. I've seen fellow students when I was in college, they get disappointed, not able to, not able to pay their bill, a relationship doesn't work out, and they think, well, I guess I'm done. And they think they need to leave college. When you face disappointments, it'll, it'll cause you to want to take drastic measures. And that's why... After you've taken a minute to review your disappointment, it's so important that you just relax. Don't make any drastic decisions, especially when you're facing a season of disappointment in your life. One person said, in disappointment, you often overestimate what you lost and you underestimate what God is going to do through it. In other words, you get to a place where you think, if I can't have this, then my life is never gonna be worth anything. If I can't have this, then it's all over for me. We get this woe is me mentality. And that's why it's important. You just, well, you just relax a minute, okay? Um, when you face a disappointment, uh, if you don't take time to relax and contemplate uh, what is really going on in your life, you will make a drastic decision. But the truth of the matter is, after you have reviewed 
the disappointment and taking time to relax, that leads to a third step, and that is you need to rely. Rely on the Lord in the face of your disappointment. Now, sadly, this is not what we see Jonah doing in this account here. But the record of Scripture indicates, and most people agree, that it was Jonah who wrote the book of Jonah. So I'm going to tell you what I believe about this, okay? This is my personal opinion. Obviously, this isn't indicated in what the Scripture tells us here. But I believe that God used Jonah to write the book of Jonah. And when Jonah walked from Nineveh all the way back to his hometown in gath Hepher, I believe that God did a work of grace in his heart. When he got home, he wrote down the prophecy of Jonah and all of its brutal and bitter detail. He didn't hold anything back. And uh, uh, ultimately, I believe that God used this resentful prophet who was, who was rebellious and unwilling to see his own spirit towards God. And he used him to preach a message of repentance to his own people, Israel, which were a bunch of rebellious people who were unwilling to turn to God as well. And here's Jonah going through this circumstance right here. And I believe that God worked in Jonah's life to bring him back to a place of dependence on the Lord and understanding what God did in the midst of all the things that he allowed Jonah to go through. My encouragement for you is this. If you're facing a disappointment, after you've taken time to review it and find out what it is you're disappointed about and you relax, you gotta make the decision to rely on the Lord again. No, you didn't get what you thought you wanted, but you can still trust God. God still knows what he's doing. You, you don't have to understand what that is, but you can know that God, God understands what he's doing and you can rely on what God's plan is for your future. The Bible tells us in Ecclesiastes chapter 3 and verses 10 and 11, I have seen the travail which God has given to the sons of men to be exercised in it, for he hath made everything beautiful in his time. Also he has set the world and their heart so that no man can find out the work that God maketh from the beginning to the end. Choose to rely on the Lord in the face of your disappointment. The fourth step, recalibrate. Recalibrate. After you have began to process your disappointment and have chosen to trust the Lord, you need to allow God to recalibrate your perspective. And I believe that once Jonah got past his disappointment, he realized that God wanted to use his struggle with, uh, with rebellion and with resentment against God to preach to his own people, as I've already spoken about. And here's what you need to do after you face a disappointment in life. You have to begin to process what your life will look like after the disappointment. No. Going forward, your life won't look like what you thought it was going to look like because God's already said no to that thing and you can't have it anymore. But whatever God does have in store, there's two things the scripture makes very clear to us. Whatever God still does have in store, it's better than anything you've ever imagined, all right? And it's for your good and for his glory. And you can rest in that confidence. And uh, uh, listen, going forward is not an easy thing to do after you face a season of disappointment, but when you get your eyes back on who God really is and what God's plan is for your life, it can allow you to recalibrate and to go on, which leads to the fifth step. And the fifth step is then you resume. After you've taken time to recalibrate, then you resume. You've got to go on. You can't stay stuck in a season of disappointment for the rest of your life. 
And life certainly went on for Jonah. So much so that Jesus, during his ministry, speaks favorably of Jonah. Remember, Jesus refers to Jonah as an illustration of the gospel. You see, even Jesus looked back on the testimony of Jonah uh, favorably. And regardless of how your spirit has been in, in response to your disappointment, once you get your heart recalibrated and you get your eyes back on the Lord, it's time for you to get back going. It's time for you to pick up the broken pieces and say, you know what? I didn't get what I thought I wanted, but I'm going to trust God with my future, and I'm going to keep doing what God has for me to do today. Now, I told you at the beginning, God often works in our lives in ways that don't line up with our expectations. And so have you, have you faced a disappointment in your life? Is there something that you thought you wanted God to do in your life that he didn't do? Have you seen the products of disappointment rising up in your heart? If these are things that you find yourself struggling with today, I want to encourage you with this last, with this last thing. And someone taught me this as well, and I want to share it with you. You need to stop. You need to stop listening to yourself. And you need to start talking to yourself. You say, that sounds really weird. Well, listen to me here. If you listen to yourself, your mind can take you in all different kinds of directions. Instead of listening to yourself, you need to talk to yourself. And what you need to tell yourself is what the Bible has to say. God's still God. God's still good. God still has a perfect plan for my life. And I don't understand it, but I'm going to trust him. And if you are facing a disappointment today, my prayer for you is that you will respond to it in the way that God has instructed us to in his word today.